The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Welcome today. Yes, this is your host. I am Vincent Jenna, and I am coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. And you have joined the Stop Stopping Yourself show, where we really dive deep in to help you release all the blockages, the resistances, the self-sabotaging behavior so that you can pursue dreams, find out your dreams. I'm actually doing a workshop on that. If, if those of you haven't seen it or want to participate in it, I'm doing it basically for free or donations. Uh, it's a six-week course, and it's called Discovering Your Soul's Purpose. So um, we're going to dive deep in and unblock so that uh, your purpose can come to the surface. There's so many of you who, who t- call me and tell me, what am I supposed to be doing when I grow up? Um, what am I supposed to be doing now that I'm older um, or I'm unrewarded or unfulfilled in the job that I'm in? So so we're going to dive into that. Um, but today is, is going to be a different day for us. It's a special guest day. Oh, my goodness gracious. I am so excited. Um, uh, Several years ago, several years ago, we were introduced to this movie um, called What the Bleep Do We Know? And I was like, wow, that's a wonderful title. I love that. I can fill in the bleep. Um, But I didn't know what it was about until uh, we started watching it. And it was really the first time that my wife and I on the journey were, were introduced to quantum physics, quantum math, um, a quantum understanding versus all the other sciences that were out there. And I, we watched the movie with our mouths open. Um, if you have not had a chance, I know there's a lot of left brain thinkers on a spiritual journey. And there's a lot of left brain thinkers, period, out there. Um, and in, in, in the left brain thinking, they tend to like more uh, concrete or scientific or intellectual kind of concepts and, and definitions and um, what does life mean, but scientifically rather than religious or, or just spiritual. Um, well, well, quantum physics, actually, I can, I personally, categorize it within um, uh, can incorporate both spiritual and metaphysical and if you watch the movie you'll understand why Um, it it was absolutely amazing I went out and actually purchased it I've been telling people about it since my work uh, that I've been doing and if go and watch this movie well my special guest today is a co-author director and producer of that very very wonderful movie and i don't need to spend a whole bunch of time um, talking about my show because i want to talk about her Uh, she is an award-winning filmmaker she's a best-selling author and i love this part that we're going to be talking about is the change maker and a mom 
a mom. Um, and yes, and she is best known for the co-writer, director, and producer of the film, What the Bleep Do We Know? Uh, she's also produced the award-winning song of the New Earth, uh, Pregnant in America, Radical Dating, and the Empty Womb. Whoa. Wow. Um, we have to talk about those. Um, she's authored multiple books, including the documentary Masterclass, Tipping Sacred Cows. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, Tipping Cows. That was a term that I happened upon after I moved to North Carolina. I had no idea what Tipping Cows was all about based on them. And now here she is um, talking about tipping sacred cows. And of course, what the bleep. Um, she is, um, in addition to you know having several best-selling compilation books, um, she also enjoys consulting with multiple clients to develop multimedia content for worldwide distribution. And I had the joy of first meeting her several years ago, and I don't know if she remembers this, um, doing a reading for her at, I believe it was the Whole Life Expo, not the Conscious Life Expo, but I, I believe so. I'm not quite sure on that, certain on that, because I'm so much older now. But ladies and gentlemen, I just want to introduce you to Betsy Chassie. Please thank you for joining us today. Betsy, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's incredible because we we do, especially in the times now, the times are so crazy with what's going on. I believe your work is is so much more profound now. Um, and, and based on we'll, we'll talk a little about the movie and where you got the concepts from and the understanding and how you put it together. But right now we need to know that there is more going on under the surface and through the space, mm -hmm. through the space that quantum physics studies this space. I love that. So, so tell me, tell me, um, let's go, let's go back to your beginnings. Um, and just before we, we got on the air, you were telling me that you're home with your children there and, and that everybody is doing wonderful things during this time um, alone. I hope you're all safe and comfortable there. Um, and where is there, Betsy? I live in, uh, in a suburb of Los Angeles. So I'm outside of Los Angeles, um, but I'm in a nice little quiet suburb and we're doing great. We are keeping ourselves entertained and we are creating and we are sleeping and, you know, my kids are happy because they don't have to get up and go to school early in the morning. So, you know, look, there's there's pros and cons to all of this. Right. I was lucky. My kids went. Yes. To, my kids. I took my kids out of school last year for a semester and we traveled to South America and to Mexico for several months. So they are already kind of accustomed to the online school experience. So we're doing good. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing that you would do that for them. Wow, introducing them to the world that way at such a young age. Uh, that that I'm is so glad fabulous. I did it when I did it. <laughs> we may not have I know, before. right? Exactly. Yeah. Good timing. So so let's let's go back to your beginnings, okay? Mm. Um, obvi obviously, you didn't um, wake up one morning. I don't know. Maybe you did as a teenager, as a young girl, um, and and 
you know, talk about and come up with, you know, and say, oh, my gosh, what the heck is going on? Why am I here? What what no. led you in that direction? Where were you to start with in your life? Well, it's a long story. And if you read Tipping Sacred Cows, and I actually um, just finished my first uh, fiction novel called Killing Buddha. Um, you'll find, you'll, there's a very funny long story about how I ended up making What's the Bleep. But I'll give you the short version, which is that I was the, imagine what would happen if the least spiritual person on the planet gets hired and ends up making one of the most successful, successful spiritual movies of all time. That's pretty much my story. I was not a wow. spiritual person. I knew Mark Vicente. So the filmmakers on the Bleep are myself, Mark Vicente, and William Arch. And Will and Mark had been working together to create a film called Sacred Science, and they had been messing around with it for about a year. And Mark basically thought, you know, we need somebody who's actually a producer and knows how to put movies together and can do this. And so Mark came to me at a very interesting time in my life, and I had actually left making movies at that time. Before that, believe it or not, I produced, like, I mean, I say this jokingly, but it's true. I, I produced porn, softcore porn, B-movies, those late-night movies you used to see when, you, when Cinemax would have those, those racy late-night movies, Playboy movies. That's what I did, and I kind of just left it all behind. And um, Mark came to me and convinced me. What happened was he brought me the script for this film called Sacred Science, which was basically footage. They were going to combine footage of talks that people had given about this concepts in the movie and they were going to do like Saturday night live sketches around it. And they were going to have a host and it was a whole different movie. And he brought me the script and I was just kind of like, what are you talking about, dude? Like this makes no sense to me. I can't even spell quantum physics, let alone even, you know, I, I epically failed math in school. So I don't even know what you want from me, but he left me the script and there was an excerpt from a, a interview that Candace Pert had done or talk. It was all going to be these talks that they had gotten the rights to, um, to um, use. And in it, Candace Pert talked about the, you know, why we become addicted to our emotions and the molecules of emotions. If you haven't read that book, it's Candace Pert is no longer with us, but that is probably one of the most profound books that you could read to understand how we work, how our brains and body work. There's a whole spiritual, esoteric, you know, woo-woo way of looking at things, which is great. But if you really want to understand how the body works, the physiology, the biology, and the chemistry, and how it interacts and, and, and you operate in the world, Molecules of Emotion is a really powerful book to read. And in it, she, she, in this particular talk, she explains, you know, why we do the things that we do and why we keep sort of recreating the same situations in our life. And that for me was a very profound aha moment. And I, it's funny because I had two movie offers at the same time. One was a schlocky B movie that I was going to go to Puerto Vallarta for four months and film, or there was this crazy weird documentary. And for some reason I took the crazy weird documentary and, uh, met with Will and when I said, you know, I have a thing as a line producer or a producer at the time, you know, I want to understand, well, what is it that you want? How much money do you want to spend? What are you, what is your expectations? And Will was like, I really, you know, I really want hundreds of millions of people to see this movie. I really want to share this information. And, you know, I'm very straightforward. I said, well, this movie's terrible. I mean, why would you use all this weird footage that looks bad and what, these skits aren't very funny? And 
from there, we became, basically decided to shoot interviews and reconfigured the entire film, and it became What the Bleep Do We Know? That That's an amazing story, but what <laughs> I find even more amazing is that uh, – a, a, Correct me if I'm wrong. What what I was basically getting on quantum physics is actually that it's almost like quantum physics is attempting to prove God exists scientifically. Um, well, that I would is say that if you interview power. the scientists, if you interview scientists, it's a funny thing because scientists typically won't describe it that way. Scientists, there are scientists that are religious, and there are scientists that are not. And they don't really look at it like if you think about it, you know, the God particle was not named the God particle by the scientists who found it. As a matter of fact, they cringe whenever they hear that term. The God particle was named as sort of a marketing tool, <laughs> really. Um, but, you know, sure, I think that we're, as a species, if every scientist that I've ever interviewed has always had – has always been on a quest or a desire to explain the workings of the universe. And if, if within right. that workings of the universe, there is a higher consciousness, they would love to find it. But I don't think science is really trying to prove the existence of a God. I think that science is really trying to explain why things work the way they work. Which is interesting because they'll probably come up with then that because through science, the discoveries that come from science aren't always what they set out to try to discover. No. Right. No. Right. No. Exactly. So in the process of them just trying to see how things work, you know, in the spiritual realm, we will look at this movie and say, OK, they are really showing it because quantum physics takes it further than that. And um, I, I, we've had a quantum um, uh, physicist uh, at our center one time and talking about it. And it's 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 very spiritual, which is which is so fabulous. And I love it. But here you went now. Now, Betsy, what you have to understand, the, the, first of all, the chakra system, the seven spiritual centers that start at the gonads and the top center then is the pineal or the pineal gland. Um, which leads us to a higher consciousness. So lower consciousness is our physicality and our sexuality. And the higher consciousness then goes into the ethos and, you know, all of those concepts there. And you went from producing porn with the, <laughs> the lowest base and jumped all the way up to create the greatest movie <laughs> At the highest realm, I feel that that was a direction for you without you even knowing it. So, well, I think that, that was what fabulous. I, what, you know, people always ask me, you know, like we, you, I love what you said, bring your purpose to the surface. It's kind of a nice little ring to it, by the way. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, people often ask me, like, you know, what is your spiritual journey? What is your spiritual practice? What is your service to the world? You know, I'm not a healer. I'm not a teacher. I'm not um, some sort of, you know, shaman or any of those things. You know, what I do really well is I'm, I'm a bridge. I actually had a, a shaman in Africa tell me that I'm a, I'm, I'm a translator. I am a translator. And I've always been a translator. And the funny thing is one of the softcore porns that I produced with my friend um, sent two um, porn stars on a spiritual journey, which is really funny. I like to say that I produced the first spiritual porn movie. Um, 
And so, you know, my job here and my purpose is really just to, I have this ability to, to be in the right place at the right moment and have a knack for explaining it or making it accessible or making it funny or creating a story around it so that it, it, people can grok it, can understand it in a way that makes sense to them, that it isn't just some sort of like weird, esoteric, you know, concept that that has nothing to do with them and that's kind of what you know we did with the bleep it's like when we would film the bleep we were filming the interviews each one of us mark will and i would interview everybody and you know mark phil Phil, will was the scientist will was a physicist so he's a scientist so he would interview them from a very geeked out you know deep intellectual scientific perspective Mark has on a deep spiritual journey. So he was always coming from the spiritual, from the heart, um, from that perspective. And I had no idea what the hell was going on. So I would sit down and go, well, why does any of this matter to me? And what does that mean? And why do I care about whether or not the, you know, John Hagelin and the flip SU5 and the void and the plank, like what the heck does this have to do with me? That's kind of where the title came from because I used to say all the time, what the bleep do I know? But this, ha- I don't understand why I should care about any of this. And so what happened in the film is we were able to take all of the times that we interviewed each person and, and really construct it in a way that you could understand the science, you could understand its spiritual and metaphysical implications, and then you could understand why it matters to you. And that's sort of my purpose in the world is to, to take these ideas and concepts and say, well, okay, why does it matter that you know, reality isn't real, that, 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 you know, your, your butt isn't touching the chair. Why is that important information for me? And how do I use that in my life to, to create the kind of life that I want? And what's so interesting about what you're saying, Betsy, you say, I'm not a healer. I'm not a teacher. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, that person that's supposed to save the world and everything like that, but you are the catalyst to some incredible growth and and i mean don't you ever ask why the bleep um is that my role (laughs) why the bleep am i able to do what i'm doing no i don't actually which is funny a lot of people ask me that you know i it's like i think when we know what our purpose is and we just do it that it feels really good. So there's no reason to ask why I'm really blessed and grateful Mm. that, you know, I somehow, I was an actress when I was a little kid. I'm told, although I I have no proof of this, that my birth was filmed for a documentary on natural childbirth. And so there was, if there was ever a like life purpose handed to me from the moment that I was born, that was it for me. And I've always just been this way. And so I've always been interested in storytelling. I've always been interested in the, um, the media and filmmaking and writing. It's just always been my thing. And so I never, I'm grateful that I never had a moment in my life where I had to figure out what was my purpose. It was literally just given to me from the day that I was born. And so I never questioned it. I never wondered. And the, the other flip side to that is that, you know, choosing a life in this world where, you know, you're an artist, you're a creator, you're a freelancer. I mean, talk about right now as an independent contractor, you know, how do I, you know, I don't have, I don't get to, you know, I don't 
apply for unemployment. I think there's certain things that I just, you know, don't do. I've lived in this sort of gig economy, free, um, freelancer life my entire existence. And it's very hard. And I've always just, you know, said, Mm -hmm. well, I don't think I could have a job. I couldn't imagine. I don't think I would thrive or survive. I'd probably fail. And so living in this world, you know, of just being freelancing and creating my own projects, I was born into it. It's always what feels right to me. And it's always taken care of me, even when it gets really hard financially or creatively. It's always just been the right choice. So it's never, I've never, every time I've tried to do anything else, it's just never worked out. You are saying some important things that I just want to point out to you. I don't know if you've ever, if other people have said the same thing to you before. So so here you're saying that this was given to you and all opportunities are presented before us. As a matter of fact, before we come into this world, we even choose some of those plans. But it's in our accepting of them and our belief in them. You are speaking such profound belief about who you are and what you do that you are manifesting naturally whether you know you're manifesting or not you you just have such a conviction that that seems to be carrying you through everything is is that oh i knew that this is what i was supposed to do well if that was right. your choice to do that without you even knowing that that was your choice you chose that but it doesn't seem like like you could be swayed or persuade away from your conviction um because you just know you have the faith in what you're doing i mean how does that sound to you that well and that's sort of the premise of tipping sacred cows so a sacred cow is a belief or an ideology or a philosophy that we don't question. So what we do in life is we grow up, as you know, I mean, a lot of the belief talks about the neuroscience of how we attach meaning, right? So our brains need meaning. That's how it works. Um, And what happens is your brain, you teach your brain what things mean. So you've taught your brain the stove is hot, don't put your hands on it. You've taught your brain oh, you know, when it's raining, I will get wet. Like certain, your brain starts to get these beliefs that become ingrained. And what happens to most of us is that we, we sort of become, we attach to a lot of beliefs about who we are um, that really aren't true, but our brain doesn't know that they're not true. So our brain will, if we've taught our brain, I'm not smart, I'm not funny, I'm, I'm short, I'm fat, whatever those beliefs are, and they become ingrained in our brain just as much as the stove is hot when I touch it. And so our brain, beautiful tool that we've been given, basically is what keeps us operating in the world, breathing, walking, moving. And it goes, oh, don't do that because you're too short, so you won't succeed at that. And so when the whole book of Tipping Sacred Cows is about uncovering those beliefs, those hidden beliefs that aren't true that don't serve you so that you can remove them so that you can you can recreate new beliefs and new meanings and new purpose for yourself that doesn't interrupt that flow of who you truly are and so for me I I did have a lot of beliefs you know before what's the belief I never thought I was a writer I was told oh you're not a writer you're not this you're not that you're not creative on the bleep, when I came into the bleep, I had, you know, Will and Mark are amazing, 
but they needed the person who was going to organize and put a script together and put and do all these things that I was told for years I couldn't do. But because I was with them and they just believed and we all just believed, I just, it became the natural thing. And then after that, I realized, you know, wow, I, ha- I held on to the story that I wasn't that person for so long. And now that I am, now I know that I am, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. And now I understand our connection because based on tipping sacred cows, that is the premise of most of my work is is dealing with those inner hidden beliefs. I happen to call them the I'm not. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not you know pretty enough, whatever. I'm not worthy enough. Those are the from the negative messages we received from the environment growing up. So I say the same thing. We have to bring them to the surface. So that is is unbelievable work that you're doing. And over here, by the way, in North Carolina, tipping cows has nothing to do with holding on to a belief. It actually is that. <laughs> right? You, well, you go yeah. into a field where there's cows and while they're asleep, you tip them over. What a I, crazy... Right. Look, when you live in the country, you got to come up with something fun to do, right? So, you know. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so we're, we're already coming to a commercial part, but I definitely want to talk more about your, your books and what you're actually doing now, projects that you're working on now. Um, because to me, you're a prime example of a, a person walking an incredibly spiritual path with total belief and conviction, but doesn't need to label it in in any particular way. Doesn't need to call it a spiritual path. Doesn't need to say I'm a healer, but is doing all that work that is impacting people. We're going to talk more about that, right? Um, I, I hope that sits well with you because you definitely have impacted a lot of people, Betsy. Thank you. Well, you you know, and you're strong. And what I love about you is you are a great example of a divine of the divine feminine coming out strong. Your intuition, the creative side, the emotional side, um, the the nurturing side, as well as the the divine masculine within you, the courage, the conviction to stand up to to act for yourself. This is strong. You're a great example to women. You're a great example to people. And we are on commercial break now, and we are going to return. Um, and I'm I'm saying chassis, right? Is that correct, or is it chassis? Yeah. Is it chassis or oh, chassis? chassis. Oh, okay, it. I thought so. Yeah, 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 I thought so. Very few so people we're get coming it right. Back with Yes, Betsy Chassie here, who is a co-author and director and producer of What the Bleep Do We Know? So return to Stop Stopping Yourself. I'm your host, Vincent Jenna, and we are coming back in just a moment. Thank you. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Yes, welcome back to this exciting episode of Stop Stopping Yourself. I'm your host, Vincent Jenna, and if you are just joining us, we have very special guest, Betsy Chassie, who is the co-author, 
director and producer of the award-winning film, What the Bleep Do We Know? Please go out and watch it. Buy it, watch it, play it. We used to have watch parties for it. Did you know that, Betsy? You didn't know yeah. that. We oh, yeah, got this movie. I, a lot of people had had watch parties, which I love. Yes, and, yes. And, I, and, and we had it, and we just sat with a group and talked about it, and people were mesmerized. And yes, there were some that weren't ready for it. They, they kind of sat they're going, okay, what the bleep was that about? Um, and <laughs> and so we helped them with it, which is interesting. But um, during during the commercial break, you and I were talking, and you said some really important things about how you choose, how you live your life and guide your life, number one, and then how you choose what type of work and projects to become involved in. Could you could you share that again, please? Sure. So. We started by talking about what my kids were up to and what they were doing to entertain themselves. And so last night, they decided to do a Bob Ross painting um, together. They were going to each paint. And so uh, my daughter is a really talented artist. Um, she won't. She doesn't like it when I tell people that, but she's very. She's got the. She's got the skill of drawing and painting. I don't have that skill, and my son doesn't have that skill. But he went for it, and he was getting frustrated because, of course, his painting wasn't looking like the Bob Ross painting. And uh, he started to get frustrated, so we started to talk about, you know, what was upsetting him and why why he felt, who was judging him, was it him, blah, blah, blah. And he got up and he walked away and he came back and he said, you know, Mom, I'm just going to paint with my heart and just have fun with it. And I said, perfect. And and he ended up having a great time. And and that's that's pretty much how I live my life is that I just paint my life with my heart. And it's frustrating sometimes when people say that, like, follow your heart. Like, well, what does that mean? And, and just to give you a little deeper, it's like I've, one of the things I've always talked to my kids about is to really be deeply connected to my ethics and values of who I am as a person. Like, what do I value? What are my ethics? And that doesn't mean right or wrong, good or bad. But when you know what your values are and what your ethics are and what's meaningful to you, then when you take action around that, that's what I mean by following your heart. Um, so I always choose, um, you asked me about do I, how do I develop projects? And for me, I don't take on projects unless I have a deep, big curiosity about them, an authentic curiosity. I'm not interested in making a movie to change your mind or to persuade you in a certain direction or to prove myself right. Typically, I create projects because I'm interested and curious about what I've learned. A good example of that is I did a series. It's free on YouTube. It's called Radical Dating. And um, I took five people, singles over 40, and put them through a dating program called Radical Dating and followed them to see what the outcome would be and, and how this project, I chose to do this project was because I, I'm terrible at relationships. I've been divorced twice and, you know, I just don't seem to get it right. And I wanted to understand, well, what am I missing? Like maybe these relations, these relationship coaches, I'll learn something by doing this show. And so um, it was a genuine exploration. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of times people often ask, why was the bleep so successful? And, Yes, it was creative. Yes, we combined all sorts of different types of, of modalities and mediums and, and, and storytelling techniques, and it was unique in that way. But I really think that the, the genuine reason why people really responded to it and resonated to it was because the film is frequency. Everything is frequency. And the, the underlying frequency and the bleep was a genuine curiosity to understand. 
to learn something new. And so what the genuine understand desire wasn't to teach anything or to put outward the, 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 the motivation for making was to learn, to grow and expand my own self. And in doing that in a genuine way, it came across in the film. And so that's why I take on projects. It's, it's all about a curiosity of my own personal growth, which might sound really selfish, but I take my own personal growth and understanding, and then I just share what I learned authentically through storytelling, filmmaking, or writing. Oh, I totally disagree with you and even thinking that that was selfish because <laughs> you did share. It's supposed to start with us and we're supposed to follow our inspirations. Um, and and then what we're doing is you, you didn't keep it. Thank goodness you d didn't make the movie and decided to just keep it so you and your family can watch it. Right? <laughs> You shared it with the world, and that's what gives it such great impact. Yes, it was about understanding, but I also truly believe that it was about your energy behind it and your intent. And what you said earlier is you're a person of values, and as long as you follow your values, it will always impact other people because that's part of the value system. Right. Well, it's frequency. It like emanates outwardly. And so if you yes. are following your, and that's just boring science. I mean, it, it can be woo woo if you want it to be, but listen, you know, frequency moves in and out and in and out and in and out. And so it's like, what frequency am I taking in and what am I handing back out? And if it's all in harmony, it sounds good. It feels good. So that's, that's how we create harmony is, you know, when I'm, something is in alignment with me, it makes me feel physically good, physically, like there's a physical chemical reaction when you're in alignment with your heart versus when you're not. You can feel it in your gut. You know, you have a brain in your gut and you have a brain in your heart and you have a brain in your head. You have three brains technically. And so you feel it. And when you know that you're, what your values are, sometimes it's important to really define like what are values. So that, that you can ask questions about, well, it does this align with my values or does it not? And if, when, when I understand, well, my, my values are, are justice, my values are honesty, my values are fun, laughter, so I know what my values are. And so if something comes along and it doesn't fit my values, I can easily say no. It's a much easier process. The yes or no becomes so much easier then. And I don't have to feel any fear or shame or guilt of saying no, because I know if I said yes, it wouldn't work out anyway, because it's not in alignment with my values. So even if I said yes, because I felt bad or some friend came to me and said, I want you to do this. And if it's against my values, my saying no is actually a service to them, because if I said yes, it wouldn't work out because it wouldn't be in harmony. Right. Absolutely. Which is fabulous and and if if people just um google what the bleep that we know and look at the cast and the people that were involved in this okay yes you you have um many different doctors but they are and people and experts uh but many of them are crossovers between um, the metaphysical world, the spiritual world, and the scientific world, because it's all combined anyway. The woo-woo the, the, the stuff that we talk about, it, it's actually, it, it depends upon to how far out there you go, 
You know, Betsy, mm -hmm. it's um, it really is everyday life. It's it's not it, our connection with ourselves and and the planet and each other is actually the definition of what spirituality is. That's it. Right. Um, uh, and right. and so we use actually all different modalities like science to define that, like religion has defined it in their way. Um, right. But really, science defines our spiritual connection rather than science defines our physicality it's really defining something deeper um and, and I, I love this cast I, thank you i mean a lot of those people were kind of nobodies because when we first started making the the bleep like the cool people wouldn't even talk to us so we just had to find our own people which ended up becoming <laughs> the cool people which was really cool um but i think you know part of what i tend to do and 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 i talk a lot about this actually in tipping sacred cows is you know, there's a lot of need because, again, we're, we like to define ourselves because when, in, when we define ourselves, we know. And as humans, our brain, it, it makes us feel better if we know something. It makes us feel safer. It makes us yes. feel more grounded. It makes us feel more secure. So there's a really funny moment at the end of What the Bleep, um, which is another saying that we used to say all the time, which was kind of our mission, which was make known the unknown. And if you watch the end of the bleep, you'll see one of the Amanda characters walking with a, a sandwich sign that says, make known the unknown, because it's about becoming comfortable with not knowing. And so for me, I, you know, I don't need to label like myself as Buddhist or spiritual or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, I don't attached to any of those things because for me the minute I just attach to that then it becomes a belief then it becomes a structure then it becomes a box that I live in and so great way of putting that yes I don't really need so the idea you know for me the, the the journey the spiritual quest is to try to get outside of the boxes Try to, to try to to break down those walls and to sort of live in the sort of middle, in between, um, unknown space. Um, and so that's really my biggest practice. And so that's why you know I, whether science is defining it or it's spiritual or it's metaphysical or what it you know I just I'm the last line of the what the belief says. Don't take our word for it. Try it out for yourself. Be be your own scientist of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And so that's what I do. I am my own scientist. Folks, you know, I don't need to prove whether or not I'm having this experience or whether or not I create my reality or whether or not, um, you know, the earth is round or flat or, you know, like it's all very interesting. I call it um, mental masturbation. It's all very fun and interesting to engage the brain in thought. But at the end of the day, you know, my 16-year-old daughter is like, she cracks me up. She's probably, you know, she's she's got one foot deeply set into the TikToks and the Instagrams, and the, you know, she's a, a child of her of her generation. But on the other side, and she'll she's like, you know, I have to be, I have to find peace and happiness in this moment because this is what I got. And that's that's just probably the wisest thing anybody has ever said to me. It's like, you know. Be in balance, harmony, and peace. I don't say balance because balance is a little hard. Harmony and peace in this moment. Be present with it for I what it, it is and then move to the next level. And all the other stuff, whether I'm going to be Buddhist today and 
um, Atheist Tomorrow or a Wiccan or whatever I'm going to light. Like all of that's just sort of like flavor or icing or paint that I'm using, but it doesn't really change the inner work, if that makes sense. Right. And yeah, I have to, just so that you know, align you with Albert Einstein, uh, because you just said something that Albert Einstein said in, in different words, but he said, let me know what God is thinking, the details I don't need to know. And mm. what he meant by that is whatever inspiration comes to me, he figures that that coming from a higher part of him, that he never thought of, mm -hmm. of God as a, an actual deity. He thought of it as right. a force. Mm -hmm. Right. And but he thought right away, as soon as I get an inspiration, I hold on to that. I don't need to prove anything about it. I don't need to know all the, the fine details, even though he did so much work. He was constantly outside of the box. Um, right. And and that and and the movie, that's what I love about the movie. The movie takes you outside of the box. It takes you into the space of things, not the physicality of things in right. the space. What's going on between the space of an atom? not just talking about the protons, neutrons, and electrons, but the space between them, um, right. which is what I love about quantum physics to start with. So that is great. And and what people need to know is is what made you or what made everybody think of doing it. It, it is a documentary, but there's a story going on. And you've got people like uh, Marley Matlin, who I absolutely mm -hmm. love. Uh, for people who don't know who she is, she is the, uh, the deaf actress. Um, who is absolutely amazing, and she's done, I mean, she was in um, West Wing for the longest mm -hmm. time, um, a television show, but you, you will know as soon as you see her. So you have these actors there, Robert Bailey Jr., Barry Newman. Um, what made you think of doing a story along with the documentary? Well, what happened was we originally were going to have a host, and I felt like storytelling is, I mean, if you think about humans, and our history, the myths are the way that we pass down our stories. The storytelling, you know, has always been a deep cultural piece for every culture, the stories of our ancestors, the stories of our history. And it's the way in which most people can connect with an idea is through, you know, a story. So I was very pushy about convincing Mark and Will that instead of having a host, we should have a character that can basically live by example the, the scientific concept, concepts that we're talking about. And it's interesting that we ended up with Marley because when Will and I, and we brought in a screenwriter to help us because I'd never really written a screenplay, so we had brought somebody in, his name was Matthew Hoffman, to help us write the script. Um, one of the things that we agreed to early on was that the, because there was so much talking from the talking heads, the scientists and the interviews, we wanted the character to re really be able to do, to, to show an experience without having a lot of dialogue. Because we wanted the, the, the scenes to be more um, med meditative, more visual than another you know, if, if jo Dr. Joe or Fred Allen Wolf has just explained something very detailed, then we didn't want to have the characters in the movie talking, talking, talking. Otherwise, it'd be just a lot of talking. And the brain does need time to integrate. And a lot of times we would have the voiceover of a scientist over the visual of whatever the character Amanda was doing. 
So we did that, and then we were going out, we were going to start casting, and we had all these actresses and ideas that we wanted, and people that we wanted to play Amanda, and we, we had a casting director, and she um, put this, they have this thing called The Breakdowns, which is where all the agents read to find out what movies are being cast and what characters, and so they could submit their clients. And um, it was very funny because uh, Marley's people came to us, um, and it, at first we were kind of like, well, that does, I don't know if that, the character's not deaf. And then all of a sudden there was this moment where we all looked at each other and we said, wow, if there's any actress on the planet who can tell a story without speaking, it's Marley. That's her, that's like Oh my her gosh, gift. yes. And so it yes. just was like a perfect alignment. And so we just went with it. And that's just how, you know, again, when you just open the doors and you just say, "My, we had an intention, which our intention was we need an actress who can really tell a story without talking. That was our intention. And then we just held it. Boom, it showed up. That's because the law of attraction was working for you guys like you can't believe you were putting into the law of attraction. And, and what is fabulous about this, so people know, is the it was a very deep intellectual movie so very left-brained with the doctors speaking and and you have to jump into your left brain to listen to them to understand their concepts and what they're saying however what i really feel worked about it is having that story you forced people with the story to pull what the doctors were saying into the right brain right with the with the creativity of the story Yes, and it just sunk in, which is the proof that it's the right brain can take the most intellectual information. And if you get to process it in the right brain instead of leaving it in the left brain, it goes to a deeper level of understanding. Right. And I mean, you that's brought it to that a deeper level. Great about like what Will understood and what Mark understood. I mean, Will understood neuroscience really well. Um, and so, you know, that's why originally he was going to do the skits because he wanted he was going to use the skits. So we just kind of took out the skits and transferred it in the host. Because, again, what we realized is like imagine sitting in a classroom and you're constantly being lectured to, you know, after a while, your brain tunes out. Right. Good teachers will create a multi-sensual experience for learning. Yes. And so that's oh, kind absolutely. of what we did. You know, I that mean, and that's fetish. why, like, if you the timing of the movie is really important. Like we have recap sections where, you know, we after we're going to like every I think if I remember correctly, every 30 to 40 minutes, every 30 minutes, I think we have a moment in the movie where it's almost silent and there's a recap so that you your brain has a chance to sort of take in that last chunk of whatever we were trying to explain because you're now going to need to take that piece into the next section of the movie so we we really thought about all of that when we put it together and you make people laugh like i was telling you in the break like for me making people laugh when you laugh you open up a whole cascade of cool juices in your brain that that are receptors for information so when you're laughing, you're taking, you're actually, you have a better ability to retain information. So Absolutely. that's why there's so much yes. humor. And I, and it's funny that you say that because that's exactly the reason why I include humor in every single one of my events. When I'm speaking and I'm doing keynotes, I must have people laugh 
because it will open up. It gives me the opportunity to to feed them deeper information and maybe more serious information, you know, not just lighthearted information, but the laughter allows that to work. So, yes, so well, I can absolutely subtle, see that happening. You can see that subtly in, in if, you, if you watch The Bleep or any of the films, like Song of the New Earth is a great example. I was a producer on that, but the director, Ward Sarah, I mean, he does the same thing. He has animation. It's a very scientific, heady movie about sound. It's a whole movie about sound and, and how the oh, frequency wow. and how sound is healing. And um, if you watch the movie, it features um, a very famous sound healer named Tom Kenyon. And, uh, but again, if you watch the film, there's like six minutes of the movie that's entirely meditative and it's it's very carefully constructed with the way the music is working and the type of music that's being used and the and the tones and the frequency because it's proving to you it's showing to you experientially what we're talking about scientifically absolutely and and dr moto um did that with sound did an experiment with sound and water to show um how positive positive sound and positive um, um whether it's words or feelings that are being put out there has a very positive effect um on things and and water he used water as an example and mm -hmm. people can go to that but in the last few minutes that we have here betsy i can't believe the hours going by so quickly what's what's coming up for you what what have you sunk your teeth in or are thinking about sinking your teeth in now especially after this you know settles down here the coronavirus thing but what's coming up for you well, I just finished my first fiction novel, which was a totally new experience for me. Um, it's based on a screenplay that I had written um, with a friend a while ago that was trying to get made, almost got made, and then all blew up. And I realized that, you know, timing, there's always divine timing, and I just kind of trust it. I had put it away for a while, and um, I mentioned earlier that I took my kids out of school last year for a semester, and we went traveling. And what I got was before I decided to do that, um, I just got this message and a friend of a really good friend of mine. I was talking to him about the film and that, gosh, I would really love to make this film. And he said, you ought to write that as a novel. And I thought, oh, my God, I don't even know if I could write a novel like that. And so I just decided to take some time, um, take my kids and wanted to get them out of the bubble of Los Angeles and have them see pieces of the world that, that, that they've never seen before and write this book and so I've basically spent all most of last year writing the book and I'm um, hoping now I've just given it to my agent actually yesterday and uh, she's gonna hopefully I'll get a publisher and uh, it will come out that's my that's my big focus I also do you know if anybody's looking right now especially um, you know there's we're all stuck at home a lot there's a really great platform that I work with called consciousgood.com and um, it's a media streaming platform where there's tons of beautiful short films and films and, and content that's all really about raising consciousness and, and the beautiful stories and storytelling. Um, and so it's all free. You can go there and watch all sorts of different things. You can watch short films, feature films. You can listen to podcasts. Um, and so I've been working a lot with them and developing content and helping them find content. Uh, and so that's really cool that I've been working on. And I'm just, you know, I don't know. We'll see. This particular, I look at this current situation as a, as a 
as an opportunity, you know, it's stressful because a lot of us are, you know, don't know how we're going to pay our bills and don't know how we're going to eat or don't know where we're going to live. I mean, it's very uncertain for a lot of people, but on a higher level, I think, you know, I don't know what you call it, but we've been being, we've been being asked for years and years and years to slow down and to reconnect within and to reconnect with family and each other. And there's this sort of like, it's a silly way to put a a battle between good and evil. Like, are we going to continue on this purely capitalistic, inhumane pathway or are we going to make a left turn? And we're in a moment now where we get to decide and, I'm just hoping more than more and more of us decide to make that left turn. It doesn't mean that our world has to blow up and everything has to change. The only thing that really needs to shift is our belief system about caring for each other. And that's what I see is happening right now. And I think we're all going to, we're all going to be okay. Everything we're going to be okay, but find that place within you that just says, gosh, you know, I been sent home from work and, and maybe I should be doing this instead of that and, and take those, take that step over there and see what happens. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And perfect timing. You just ended this show on a very up and is there a way for people to contact you real quick? We have a, a couple yeah, of seconds Betsy left. Tassie, Betsy Chassie dot net. Just my name dot net. Dot net. Betsy Chassie and that's C. H-A-S-S-E dot net. And Betsy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing your unbelievable story um, uh, from from porn to spiritual impact or scientific impact. I don't care what you want to label it above, but mm-hmm. it brings us to a different, higher level. Thank you for that. Um, you. For my listeners out there, thank you for joining us today. Please go um, uh, to BetsyChassie.net. Check out um, all of the work that she's doing. What the bleep do we know? And right now, that is the greatest question. And I wish you all the best. And we'll see you next week on the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Take care, everybody, and God bless. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.